recently on Disciples of the Eighth. Soon after reaching the safety of Hope's Fall, the party learns that the stakes are much higher than they realized. The king is well on his way to becoming a god, and the only way to stop him could very well destroy the world. Thankfully, they met a pair of dragons who are willing to help chase down a nigh-impossible chance. The party goes in search of a drink after that conversation, and they stumble upon a pugilist ring they simply cannot pass up. He kind of rolls, and he looks at Magdar, and he goes, We can if you want, but we can go with what your friends did as well. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm probably about equal caliber, so you could probably just, you know, <laughs> let me in on, on that basis. If they'll vouch for you, I'll take you. Yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Romy's just eyebrow raised. Totally metagame, so you don't feel bad, Vicros. Uh, he is a level 20 character. Yeah, I noticed when you were doing a lot of plus 11, that's a plus 6, plus 5. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so don't don't feel bad at all <laughs> about that. <laughs> like I said, I made this guy, and I was like, surely they're not going to... And then as soon as I was like, there's the pugil side, I was like, these fuckers are going to fight him. Yep. And I yeah, didn't get a shit ready. <laughs> Finally gave them something to fight. What did you expect? How bad off did he look? <laughs> He started with 206 life. Okay. One of his rings gave him half damage to bludgeoning. Oof. So he was really good. Yeah, he, he could have taken all three of us. Yeah, at the same time and probably not really flinched a whole lot. <laughs> Vicros, you actually did more damage, but that was because he wasn't all magicked up at that point in time. Yeah, it, and uh, with that extra AC he would have had, I wouldn't have done quite as much. I don't know, you had those couple of crits, so that was that was good though. That was that was that went much better than I thought it. I was really worried that we were gonna get really one sided, but that was that was solid. That was good. I enjoyed that. To be honest, I enjoyed the Micros fight a lot more. It went back and forth a bit. It was an interesting fight. Vicros's fight? Yeah. I was on there for a minute. Almost like a comeback. <laughs> Everybody has <laughs> a good underdog story. <laughs> yeah, like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I would have done more grabs and awesome stuff like that, but I'm not going to beat a plus 11 <laughs> with a plus 6. He shrinks down. He finishes off uh, his health potion. I do want to ask you, where did you get the belt? Because I'm assuming it is a belt of some giant strength. It is, actually. <laughs> he thinks back and he, uh, that was when we killed... The Lord of Decay? That was years ago, years ago. Arame, you know that was a black dragon from a, a while back uh, that the king had tried to enlist and suddenly had lost contact with. She's going to stand to her breath. So that's what happened to her. I turn to Arame and go, Quick, come back! I wish to kill him and get his belt! <laughs> <laughs> Did you just tell me to bring him back? Yes. <laughs> I'm afraid that's beyond my abilities, and I don't know many people who would be able to raise a dragon. Damn it, I want that belt. Also, I he's not going to continue having the, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he is in a great mood. He walks over, uh, you guys notice now that things have kind of settled. There's a small office kind of back in the corner. He takes you guys back that way, sets down the bottles for those who would like them goes back behind his desk. He pulls out a big book. 
and uh, opens it up. The front of it is participants. There's a list of about 30, 40 names on there. Some are crossed out. Some have notes next to them in the margins. Uh, and he flips it open, pulls out a, what appears to be just a standard contract saying if you participate in the pugilistic ring, you uh, accept any and all liabilities caused by your own beatings. And he is not in any way, shape, or form going to be held liable. Basically, if he beats you to death, it's your own fault. Yeah, and then you, you kind of read through, and it's just kind of absolving him for anything that might go wrong in the arena fights that a health potion won't bring back. Kind of from what you can ra- gather, a pretty pretty standard stuff. It's very similar to the contracts you signed when you fought in the arena at uh, Reaper's Gallows. Oh, yeah, done. Signed away. Hey, Rome, I, I see you drawing all the time. Hand me that pen. I need to sign this. He is like awkward, just like kind of pulls it. I was like, I'll lose it. Those are kind of hard to find. It's not a cheap pen. It's actually a pretty nice pen. <laughs> uh, you guys make your marks. Uh, you notice that as you sign the paper, your name is added to the list of participants. What other names and, are on there? Um, If you're taking a look, we'll just give you the, the names that are right above yours. The last to sign up was the Leviathan. Is apparently his nickname or his name. You're not sure or their name. You're not sure what it is. Uh, there's no notes next to that one. Above that is a name, and you're, you can't really s- s- pronounce it. It's just a smattering of consonants. It's very Swedish in its writing. Hang on, I'm pulling up my notes so I can get this right. With a flourish, I'll give Rome her pen back. Thank you. Tucks it back into the bag, making sure no one can actually see what's in it. Also, Rome's curious to see if she recognizes any of the names. You actually all recognize uh, from the chance in the arena a name that is is it the fucking troll? It is. Good lord. Sorry. The generator I pulled up. I can't even say that damn name. So we're going to make it up to Dracus, which is D-R-A-C-U with an umlaut S. <laughs> He's going down. Once he gets all the contracts signed, he just double-checks, make sure the names went into the book okay. He closes it. You notice a small, for you all, it's a small engraving on your wrist. And it's a very simple character character of a person in a fighting stance. Okay. Magdar and Vikros, you have the same thing on your left wrist. It looks like a very faint brand. It doesn't hurt. It didn't, you didn't really feel anything. You just kind of notice it as you're putting the pins down. And he, he nods. He's, he seems to be happy. You saw it already. He goes, when we fight, you will feel a tingle in that wrist. Come for merriment and destruction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one thing you can get them excited about is destruction. These, these fights can happen just like whenever. Yeah, basically. So he, he kind of tells you it's a fairly loose ring. Generally during the festivals, it'll be off because uh, he, he does say that there are several participants in the festival that don't want to interfere with the legitimate business. This is more of a fun thing just to kind of help old adventurers and adventurers who, because there's not a lot to do outside of joining the guard here, stay on their toes. And so that's basically what this is for, is just to kind of keep everybody uh, in fighting shape. And he nods and says, well, thank you. Thank you for that. That's the most fun I've had in a while. 
Please, enjoy the, my refreshments. I must get back to the bar. Lord only knows what Bart Enderman has done with me uh, with, <laughs> while I've been away. Thank you. He nods to you and he goes, well, the effective range of that is basically the city. If you leave, uh, it will not trigger. But as long as you were inside the city, if we were having a fight night, it will go off. What kind of heads up is on that? Like, does it go off like an hour before fights start? or We generally know about midday. Okay. So a pleasure finally being able to meet you. I think after that, I need I need a drink. I believe it would be a good idea before we attempt to attend our meeting. Hopefully by the time we've eaten, our friend, the captain will be ready to meet us. He heads down, leaves you guys to it. And like I said, just kind of rolls downstairs. Oh, you guys are welcome to take as much time as you'd like in the arena to recompose yourselves and get ready to roll. I'm good. Actually, what do we get to practice weaponry? Does it look used or is everybody mostly just fist fighting in this place? You notice there are somewhere in here, there are some items that look like they're brand new. Uh, those stand out more than the ones with wear or tear on them. You would assume that's because they have, they've probably been fully replaced and that's why there's no wear or tear on them. So it looks like there's a good mixture. And it is a very, very well appointed, almost to the level of Jinnabon's weapon selection. Okay. Sweet. Very impressive. Yeah, he kind of broke down the rules for you guys before he rolled off as he, when he was explaining everything. Everybody rolls in. It's open challenge. The challengee has a right to refuse only once a night. Can't challenge the same person more than once. The challengee gets to pick if it's weapons, what type of weapons they are, barehanded or not. And the type of fight, you know, the length of the fight. Are you going to be bound to one another so that way it's a close end fight and you can't step back, stuff like that. Uh, all right. Very cool. Well, uh, I suppose, Magdar, before we go, I would join you for that drink. Okay, uh, yeah, if y'all are going to take a plug of the good Fae shit, go ahead and give me those con checks. Wait, did you say Fae shit? <laughs> uh-huh. That is, that, I say, if you're taking a, a plug from the gourd, that is what is in his uh, wine bag. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He did leave you guys the two bottles. As you look, it looks to be a bottle of brandy and a bottle of vodka. Uh, Rome, my might fix yourself a little bit of, of the vodka. Uh, on second thought, I'm going to join a Rome for that drink. That, <laughs> <that's>, yeah. <laughs> that stuff was weird last time. <laughs> Cheers. Suit yourself. I've drunk a variety of alcohol, and that's still some of the strongest stuff I've had in the 200 years. It goes down smooth, guys. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. You're old hand at this point. Like, it doesn't even phase you. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you guys uh, help yourselves to the refreshments he left for you, and uh, afterwards, what would you like to do? I mean, it is getting a little bit into the evening. Uh, we do have a day ahead of us tomorrow. Should we head back to the tower? Or does anyone have any business to conduct in the city? Business in the city for me. I wouldn't mind getting to know the, the guard captain a little better. What he wants to talk to us about. Nah, I'm done. I did what I wanted to do. <laughs> My bloodlust is satiated. For now. As you guys are talking, Wall, because you were out probably the farthest, go ahead and give me a perception check. Ooh, 
16. You notice the captain is walking up the stairs. Hey, there's that dude you want to talk to. How what? Hey, this is one way to have the meeting. He looks at you guys, and you notice he's pulled off his gloves. You've not really uh, asked for a description of him. He is a very average-looking man. Slightly darker skin, kind of curly brown hair, brown eyes, uh, but very nondescript. He's not overly muscled. He's not too skinny. A smiling face, but it never really seems to reach his eyes. His eyes seem kind of devoid of emotion. Slight wrinkles uh, at the corners of his eyes. Just the barest beginnings of crow's feet. And very well-worn stuff. Nothing that is overly ornate. It all is very, very functional. But you notice as he pulls his gloves off while he sees you there, and he tilts his left wrist towards you, and you're able to make out the fighter's ring symbol on his left wrist. Sherwin? So you know he is at least good enough to go a few rounds with the proprietor. Captain, we were just about to head to the guard tower to meet you. I guess this works. And as you say that, the uh, adjutant walks up behind him, and uh, she's carrying a very, very dark pitcher of something. Magdar, you're immediately able to peg peg that as uh, a very, very dark draught of beer. She has a tray full of glasses in one hand and that pitcher in the other. And uh, she sets up at a small table while the the captain kind of looks over the weapons, and he walks over the wall, and he looks at your wrist. Oh, that's all good. And nods. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. As well, if all goes well, we'll meet in the arena. And he nods to the ring as he says it. Oh, yeah. And he just shakes his head yes. And uh, who else joined? Yeah, point out Vikros and Magdar. Magdar holds up the gourd and just gives a kind of nonchalant shake of it. He shakes his head. He goes, well, now that we are finally in a less formal setting and I'm not technically on watch, I believe introductions are uh, up. And he looks at the group and he goes, my name is Cornwallis. Cornwallis. A fine name. Captain of the Guard. Commander of the Interior Forces. My adjutant here, Trixie. And at that, she just kind of dead-eyes him. She goes, it is not... Trixie. Patricia, if you please. Captain. <laughs> Patricia, got it. <laughs> I am Wall, Shieldmaster Supreme, champion of Reaper's Gallows, and all-around badass. <laughs> and he nods uh, and kind of walks over and pours uh, himself into the Agiton a drink. She is very prim and proper still. Uh, she's while sitting down at the this little pub table, basically, if you can be at attention and sitting, that is what she is doing. Ramrod straight back, arms neatly folded on the table in front of her. He is completely relaxed. He carries himself in a way you're all very familiar with. Uh, he has that rolling gait of a swordsman. I want to lean in towards Vikros and kind of whisper, Hey, I think you got a chance with her. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I think Arobe's gonna like go over and sit around the table because I guess it's a big enough table for all of us. So she's just ignoring that conversation. She looks. She likes to have fun. <laughs> it's like a an eight person pub table, <laughs> so it is definitely big enough for everybody to kind of crowd around. It may be a little tight just because uh of the size of wall and um, 
Magdar, but it, it's definitely big enough to accommodate. She also brings the vodka and the brandy over for anyone else that wants some. So Wall and Magdar are like flanking Vikros and, and Magdar kind of leans over and elbows him a little bit like, yeah, man, you should totally go for it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Rame is just under her breath in Undercon. Uh, children is just the only thing Hold on, because I need to see if she can hear what you guys are saying. How how loud are you guys just having this? At like not quite a whisper, but not like a full uh, conversation. Magdar level? is not subtle. I'm rolling. What are we? I'm rolling stuff. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> as you're saying this, Vikros, she looks at you, and as you're telling her not to worry about it, Arame. She seems to kind of not focus you, and Vicar, she just very daintily flicks her tongue to the tip of her lip. See? She's into it. <laughs> totally a sign. <laughs> I read about this in a book somewhere. <laughs> For real. I'm very good at reading people. And honestly, I am. So I actually want to roll to see if she's actually into this or if she's just playing along. Okay, I'm go for it. very good at reading people and books. 23. Robin's just looking at the robot, this bear, like, how in the world do either of you know anything about any of this? <laughs> I have no idea how it ended up me with me being a, having a great insight, but also having a hard time reading the emotional situation of our room. <laughs> Vikros, go ahead and give me insight to you as well. So yeah, at first, I'm kind of just slumped over the table, in, enjoying my drink. Not slumped over, but like sitting on my uh, elbows. And once they start whispering that in my ear, I kind of mirror her posture, shoulders up, back and down, and sit up a little bit. And as she flicks that tongue, I look directly into her eyes. Is this around when she whispers that thing to Arome? Yep. She's just going to respond very quietly in the undercon. He's a little strange, but I promise he's not a bad person. He's just... You, Vikros, are fairly confident that she is telling it... uh, That she did that in a seductive manner. You were not 100% sold on it, but you were pretty confident that that was definitely a... They're not wrong. While we'll lean over here and go, I think. And then just go back. (laughs) But I'm not sure. Actually, Aroma's response is going to be, don't be too hard on him. It's mostly harmless. <laughs> Under a comment, so no one else can. We'll see where the next few seconds of the conversation go, but until then, I'm not breaking eye contact. Sipping on my drink. Aroma's <laughs> <laughs> just, like, like, rubbing her temples for a second. Then she's gonna gesture Patricia to the vodka. So hold on, I want to make sure I've got this right. You are just staring at her. <laughs> uh, yeah. Didn't make any remarks back to uh, either of the two guys and just eyeing her down. Subtle art of <laughs> Give, give me that good old charisma check. Give her that look to let her know she's coming home with you. <laughs> Oh, a 15. That is actually not bad. Yeah, especially with a bonus of zero. 
she seems to be slightly more intrigued than what she was. She gives you, instead of trying to be seductive, she, she gives you a an actual grin, and she seems to kind of loosen up a little bit. The captain, Cornwallis, sees it, and he just, finally. <laughs> Immediately when she does that, I measure grin and break eye contact and to the captain. So we had business this evening. What was it that uh, we need to speak about? Well, before we get down to the brass tacks of things, how long did you last? And he looks at Magdar when he says it the first time, uh, when he says it. Oh, uh, as one built for stamina. Uh, uh. Rob is just shaking her head. Wall will kind of lean forward and he'll go, he didn't even have to fight. He just looked at him and said, you know what? I think you're good enough. Ah, yeah. so did you, are you the one that lasted a full 30 seconds with him? Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Awesome. How about you? And he looks at Vikros. Uh, I wouldn't say 30 seconds. <laughs> he smiles. He goes, don't feel bad. I chose to fight with swords. In case you're curious, he points over to the rack and there's a massive six and a half foot long uh, wooden mocked up Zweihander. He goes, that's what he used. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't a good day. <laughs> and you notice he is carrying what appears to be a very, very simple cutlass <laughs> on his hip. <laughs> yeah, perhaps not the brightest decision you made that day. She survived. He shrugged. To be fair, rules aren't discussed before we fought. When I said swords, I figured we'd pick the same type. He wouldn't pick that. It's not easy to fight with. Thank God he married well. Yeah, I was going to say, now when you have that kind of strength score. As you say that, he goes, he fought me with it one-handed. Oh, dear Lord, I'm glad I got that of the military before I even had a chance of being sent after him. <laughs> Lucky he didn't have to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that bluff check. <laughs> Let's roll Cornwallis's insight. He looks at you and with a very knowing smile just shakes his head no. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to hold it against you at all. He's he's very, very lighthearted about it. This is very different than the kind of very, the, the, the super down-to-earth business straight-laced guy uh, that you met uh, the couple of times you'd spoken in the past. He is very personable, very likable. And he goes, no, no, no. The reason... I guess to business. And at that, the odd shot, uh, Trixie, puts on back the business face. She's still not quite sitting straight at attention. She's a little more relaxed, but she, you can tell that kind of wall comes back up and she's focused again. I must ask, the fight you had last night, could you describe some of your accosters? Oh, some of them were rats. Not like Icky, who hangs out with us. <laughs> Not a cool rat like Icky. Nah, not like cool and awesome like Icky is. <laughs> but like dirty and gross. Like Icky is. Wait. <laughs> 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 There's the tiger. This is the one I was fighting with. Yes, and a, and a boar. And a pig. And a bear. And he nods. We have those. The ones that we're interested in, he holds up a... Uh, uh, he kind of holds his hand out. The shot opens up a bag, sticks her hand almost down to the bicep in it, and pulls out a whole bevy of 
what are basically mugshot lineups. She kind of flips through them real quick. And she sets down one picture. I need everybody, if you're looking at the map, who was in this scrum up here on top. So it's a Rame wall. Everyone but Magdar. Yeah, everybody but Magdar. <laughs> I fought most of the fighting I did. Oh, that's right. Here. You were down here. You came up at the end. So if I can get 80, 80 wall... I guess that's it, because Icky and Artemis are at the tower. Uh, I was up there. And then Vikros then. If I can get the three of you to roll a history check to see if you guys recognize anybody. Okay, cool. That is not going to be good. Well, you were more worried about the deathing part of it than actual anything else. AD and Vikros, he gets, um, she is kind of flipping through. She gets like four or five of them through there. Uh, And you recognize uh, the were rat that was over here that had slipped away. That one looks a little bit like the thing Magdar attempted to turn into. And Mag- Magdar wanted to turn into a tiger. Yeah, Magdar yeah. was turned into a tiger. Oh yeah. No, so that was the uh, the well dressed were rat. And you you point to that one. Uh, the two of you both do almost at the exact same time. Uh, Ad, you're a little quicker. Vikros just a half second behind her. Wall, you're just like Bruh. all I remember is blood. More blood for the blood god. <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of nods, and he son of a bitch, he's back. Well, he? Yes. That is, as far as we can tell, the leader of the king's spies. We thought we had run him out. Uh, we've not seen nor heard of him in several months, but he appears to have come back. Magda kind of leans over to Vikros. That, that's bad, right? What do you know of him? As you say that, he uh, takes the picture and he kind of... He, he, you hear him mumble something under his breath and he taps it and uh, kind of like a scrolling list of crimes starts to go up. And it's murder and torture, burglary and theft. Yes, Magnar, bad. And just a whole slew of things. I don't suppose a robot recognizes him at all. He, you do not, unfortunately. He kind of hems and haws for a minute, trying to figure out the best way to describe it. Because he is odd, because generally the lycanthropes will go for the larger of their kind, will take a position of authority, but he has managed to bring them all under his guild and influence. He is generally seen once by those he targets so well done there but uh, I do uh, I do fear what this means for the city that is truthfully all we needed was to see if you knew any of the conspirators that we were afraid it could be he is a runny little bastard could he have some way to talk to the king not on the island but if he can get off the island yes a wonderful King's probably going to know for sure that we're here before too long. That would be trouble. That's another shot of vodka. He just kind of nods, and he... Well, this has been fun. Hopefully you're in town for the next event. And uh, if so, well, I get first dibs on you, and he taps Wall on the shoulder as he stands up. Absolutely. Pulls his gloves back on. Just what pray tale would you choose to fight with? He looks at you. He looks over to the wall. He looks back at you. He looks from the wall to the wall. 
And Wall will hold up his giant fists. <laughs> and he just shakes his head. And he walks back over and he grabs a quarterstaff off the wall. These. Quarterstaff? What am I, a fucking shepherd? <laughs> hey, hey, easy. I've seen some people more than <laughs> I mean, it's fine for you. I appreciate his. He <laughs> <laughs> killed Bob. I was about to say, wait, did you feel like Victor's more than one weapon? I thought he just had the one, and then he doesn't have the one anymore. That was good. That got me. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, a shepherd? Hey! <laughs> you both get inspiration. <laughs> 100% forgot that Vickers had a staff. <laughs> the suggestions on how to... Not be killed by that for him next time. What to do if we find him? Other than kill him? Uh, where might we hunt him down? He looks at you. Goes, ah, the bastards. We're built on top of an old mine, and we did our best to seal the tunnels. But we believe they've tapped into it from the sewers. That makes sense. Are there any other former hunters here who could possibly help? He looks at you, and he looks at his adjutant, and he goes, Trixie will be the better of the who we have available at the moment. And she, there are some, but we've tried, and they are clever. Of course they are. If we were to go down there, looking, you know, just to say hi, would you have a map of the sewer system that you know? We can get one to your rooms, if you would like. How long do you plan to stay? That way we can set up a timetable if you need uh, assistance, goods. They are only vulnerable to magic weapons and silver. Uh, and he's kind of looking at the group because I see a lack of both of those. Where can I get this silver? Bold of you to assume. <laughs> As Magda brandishes his beehive on a stick. His beehammer. Silver. That, that makes so much sense. But we would, at very least, be in town for a couple of days before we left. Surely enough time to get a couple of weapons silvered and help you guys deal with this problem. Oh, tell you what, rest this evening. Let us see what we can scrounge. We'll bring you an assortment of items tomorrow. And we'll discuss price to reward, to reward, good lord to see how we will make sure that we are compensated for those items in case they don't make it back. But for now, and he pulls, finished pulling his gloves on, tightens up his belt, resets his cloak. He starts to kind of get that captain countenance back. Trixie, time to leave. He gives you guys a wave and they head downstairs. Magdar kicks Vickers under the table. Absolutely. The little elbow in the side from wall. Don't let her just walk away. Trixie is adjutant to the captain. Uh, surely you'd want to... Um, <sighs> Patricia! <laughs> Sorry. Patricia. Surely I'd like to uh, finish uh, discussing the terms of this before uh, the night's end. Uh, we don't want to push this too long. She looks at you and she just very accusingly looks down. 
and looks back up. She goes, if there's one thing I've heard about the pantsless one, it's that Long doesn't come into it and walks down the stairs. Oh, Jerome loses it. Just absolutely loses it. And while oblivious to all, they goes, actually, that's not true. He had them off for a very long time. Romay's <laughs> <laughs> just almost on the floor. While Romay's distracted, Vicarus is going to grab her bottle and have a swig. <laughs> Go for it. You, you didn't have to roll anything. You do so. The shame helps hide the burn. <laughs> She, she, she might comment under her breath. Don't worry about it too much. I don't know if there's much you could have done to make that go better. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean... Thanks, anyways. <laughs> oh, and then... <laughs> Look at from Magdor go, you know, he's so smooth as the ladies. Right? <laughs> For subtlety next time and not in front of as many people. Got it. Well, look over and go, what? <laughs> just really loud, unsubtle as possible. Everyone <laughs> might just say it's just pointedly at Wall and Magdar before looking back at Vikram's. The. See what I mean? Look. I, I, I catch your drift, Jess. We return to the tower and hope we don't get jumped again. Well, I mean, I'm feeling kind of loose right now. We could take on somebody. But... <laughs> yeah, I reckon so. I guess we just start heading back to the tower. The whole time while I was just talking about, you know, it makes sense to go after this dude in the sewers. Let him get back to the king. Let him know where we are. Probably his guest. Sound like you didn't know we're near here. Near and actually here are actually two different things. This is true. Let's just hope he thinks that we are like, yes, we do need to find him. Plus, he ran away, and I didn't get to kill him. (laughs) As we're heading back, I'm going to kind of be a little bit to the back of the group, just kind of keep an eye out just to make sure there's no funny business going on behind us. Okay, go ahead and give me that perception roll. Taking a little surprise last time. And Wall would be doing the same thing, too. Everything appears to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I said Wall would be doing it, too, because that's what he always does. (laughs) 24. So the two of you are sitting there singing the song from the Lego movie, Everything is awesome. (laughs) Well, you don't really notice anything amiss. The crowds are much thinner. There's still a pretty good business at the Falling Dragon. There is a, a thicker crowd around the bar now. Uh, it appears that there's a lot of discussion into the tactics that were used. It's getting kind of heated. Uh, nothing out of hand, uh, but just very passionate arguments about tomorrow's matches and the championship round. And then question, does Vickers speak Elvish at all? Uh, yes. Okay, I think, like, perhaps a part of our word distract is because Rome is, like, trying to give you relationship advice, but, like, under her breath, I did Elvish, so no one can hear it. She's giving him pointers. <laughs> well, I mean, just, like, she said so much time, like, hunting and watching people. She's just, like, do you see things that work? 
Right. So, so not in the middle of the table with all of us as we're sitting five feet across. Got it. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So not with the who these subtle people we have here. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> also, just be prepared for lots of pantomime jokes. You're not going to get over. That's that's never going to go away. I mean, the legend lives on. <laughs> Own it at this point. That's all you can do. <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, as you guys get out on the street wall, you don't notice anything nefarious. Uh, everybody out in this area seems to be really good spirits. It was a good set of matches. A couple of upsets today, so uh, people are a little more excited than normal, but nothing untoward that stands out to you. All right. Keep it walking. Icky, have you just been working for like the hour that they've been away? Did anything happen to me like on the way back? No, no. You and Artemis were able to get to the tower, no issues. Okay. Yeah, as soon as I got my flux from the front counter, I would pretty much just go straight to it. Do I need to make a ticker check? Yeah, go ahead and give it. You've only been able to... Uh, so by the time they leave the bar, you've only been working for like half an hour. It took you guys yeah. about 15, 20 minutes to get to the tower. Uh, so you guys have not uh, had a whole lot of time alone before they leave the bar. So, But uh, well, you can go ahead and knock that tinker check out now if you'd like, absolutely. Oh, let's go. Oh, nice. that's a good one. Where was it? Uh, you're 27. Yeah, that was a 27. Nice. That was solid. You only have six more hours left? Or, or were you down to eight? I can't remember. I was at eight, so seven and a half hours. We'll actually call that with how good of a roll that was. You're knocking down to seven. So in that 30 minutes of work, you're able to knock out an hour's worth of work. Hell yeah. Are we going to be getting back to the tower in time for dinner, I'm guessing? Yeah, you're going to be rolling in basically at dinner time. If you go straight there from the bar without any dawdling, you'll get there about 6.30, uh, 6.45 at night. So sun sun is setting. That's actually kind of backdrops against the tower very nicely from where you guys are. It's a fairly picturesque scene. The uh, town is just lightly dusted with the last remnants and the shadows of snow from uh, the other night. Fairly brisk still, but not the freezing cold that you guys were dealing with uh, right after the storm. You guys are able to make it to the tower with little issue, and you are welcome to go to dinner if you would like. Romy's going to pop up to her room real quick just to see if there's anything from the registrar, and then she'll down to dinner. You pop up to the registrar, there is a list of about 140 names. Okay, so still has not been able to narrow anything down? Looking at it, it looks like it's pretty much any female that came into the city around the time you're thinking. Uh, that's roughly the age you were guessing. There's pretty big fluctuation in, in the ages of, on the city. It looks like there's about a five to six year age gap. I feel like she knew the exact age. Okay. Uh, e- even still, it looks like she's being extra cautious for you. And so she's giving you some cushion kind of one way or the other. Uh, and so, you, like I said, you've got a three years younger and three years older of what you were looking for. That's like a list of, like, on a paper she can take with her? Yes, ma'am. Yep, it's just on a a rolled-up parchment. It had a ribbon tied around it with your name on a tag hanging from it. She's just gonna tuck it into her bag and then head down to dinner. She'll start looking through and trying to figure it out later. Imagine she's probably, like, five minutes behind everyone else to dinner. While we'll go up to the room with Icky and uh, kind of let him in on everything that's happened. Okay. A, a fight? A fighting ring? Is there is there money to be made? 
I don't think so. It looks like they just do it for fun. But I'm sure, as you know, anywhere there's side beds. Hmm. Might be a perfect opportunity to test this out. I'm nearly finished. Yes. Oh, also, I think you need, like, silver bullets. For what? Do you see the rat things? Which which ones? <laughs> not, not you, rat thing. The other rat things. The one, the one that ran away into the sewer. Ah, yes, yes, yes. What do you mean, you people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like they can only be hurt by silver or magic weapons. Mm. Well, let's get some silver then. We didn't know this for the conversation with the dragons. You could have just bought it from them. <laughs> It should be easy enough to, to coat the weapons in silver. They don't need to be made of pure silver, right? I mean, I'm not an anti-lycanthrope kind of a guy, so I don't know. Perhaps we should ask the wizard. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> uh, Artemis, you and your melding partner have heard the chimes for dinner, so whatever, however you like to like to handle that. Uh, he hears it, and he's ready to go. <laughs> All right. Okay, go get dinner. We're close to a breakthrough, but there'll be plenty of time. Okay. At some point, Bob Wall would like to kind of go off and just try to find his way to somebody who's a bit knowledgeable about, uh, let's say, ships and service to the king and that sort of stuff. Basically, just looking for information on my uh, friend that I'd like to find. Gotcha. So instead of going to dinner... Oh yeah, I don't need dinner. Where would you like to start looking? You can use the magical portal, uh, the magical door thing. Say what you're looking for, and we'll see how close you get the first time and see if we can get you going the right way. I need to go to some sort of records-keeping place or something. Okay, you just go out and uh, go, uh, records. Okay, as you walk out the door... You uh, step through. There's an old, old man, not super dusty. Uh, looks like he's moved recently. Sitting behind a desk, just going through a book. He goes, ah, what can we do for you? I'm looking for information on someone and a specific ship as well. Wonderful. What is the name of the ship and the man you are looking for? You see, I don't know the name of the ship. But I can describe it to a T because I'm very observant. Okay. I give him the description of the ship that I don't know myself because I wasn't there for that. Uh, from, yeah, that. Oh, shit. No, I don't have my notes. I can't ever remember your villain's name. What is your dude's name? That is. Holy hell, Devlin. Devlin from the Silverhawks. That's correct. You describe the ship. Um, it's. He kind of. Just... Describe his affront to my heritage, my my company. I say, did, and he do, destroyed... do you give the whole backstory? Oh, dude, as soon as he starts talking about it, it just starts flooding up. You kind of look on in amazement. He and his chair float out from behind the desk, and he starts to kind of guide you down the hallway. Uh, you go for quite a ways. You kind of get back into a corner. You notice that the art has kind of changed, and it, uh, where it was kind of pastoral scenes and lighthearted stuff at the beginning. You notice as you get deeper into the library it just goes on a lot farther than it makes sense for how big this tower is but you've just kind of accepted the fuckery that is this place much like magdar has 
Is he really, though? <laughs> <laughs> you uh, are far, far back, and you, you notice your passive is, like, what, 16 or something like that for perception? 15, yeah. Yeah, even with your impassioned speech, that it's going from these pastoral scenes, these scenes of learning and magic, to scenes of battle and things like that. And you get down to a small portion of the wall, uh, the, the place, and he looks over and he starts kind of in the middle of the shelf and he comes down a couple of rows and he pulls a book out and emblazoned on the front of it in a, it's a dark black leather, is a stooping silver hawk. Oh, uh, Wall will immediately reach out to grab it and kind of run his hand over the, the symbol. And it is a huge tome. And you open it up and uh, the name in the front cover, uh, the first name is the founder of your order. And it goes down and it ends. What was your captain's name again? Uh, you had, oh my goodness. There was the, uh, the, oh, bless America. It's been a long time since so I had to deal with this backstory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been like a year and a half since I wrote this. <laughs> I don't have my Google Drive pulled up or I would have had that answer for you right away. <laughs> I don't have it either. Hang on, I'm opening it up now. Well, I'm like, I have drive pulled up, but I don't have access to any of that. So. <laughs> There's Arame. Apparently, I did not save your backstory in my drive file. Well, that is unfortunate. Because I'm not seeing it on here. Okay, well, for now, we'll just say uh, it, the last name in the uh, in the tome is the name of your captain. And what is odd to you is the date signed on it is the year after, as far as you know, that he and everyone else was killed and abducted. Oh, and he'll bring it up. He's like, this, this is wrong. And he, no. He was quite quite alive when he added to it. And this, this was the last time you've seen him? Well, I mean, it's it's been a couple of weeks. He's not a fast friend. Do you know where he went? Weeks? Where did he go? Where did he leave? Where did he go? To his room? I would assume that you would like to speak to him. Yes. I would very much like to speak. It's just like, I feel like everyone in the party's just... Actually, wait. AD, you're getting the emotional reaction to this. Just randomly. That would probably be coming through the, the stone. Vict Stellan. Captains were Valthan, Karen, and Donag. Sergeant Selfer, Devlin, and Seiger. Seeger. Sorry, I found it. Devlin. So the book is signed. I will let you choose who you would rather that be signed, your captain or your uh, leader of the order. Ooh, let's go with captain. All right. So it is signed by Captain Volthan. And he will, all you have to do to find him is the same way you get here. Oh, God. Step out. And it's been some years since all of this went down. The captain, you remember, uh, was in his middle ages when he met you. Uh, not so much a physically imposing man as he was a brilliant military mind. 
fantastic at tactics and planning. He was the forefront of those, second only to your leader, Vic Stellan. You say his name, you step out through the door, and you are transported to another part of the, the tower. Slightly different than yours. It doesn't appear to be quite so high up. Uh, a little comfier. More martial. The halls lack a little bit of the fancy that yours have. Very Spartan existence down here. And you are just kind of in front of this very plain wooden door. No muss, no fuss to it. Well, almost a little bit uh, trembly. We'll walk up to it and go to open it and then think better of it training coming back and then knock you hear what sounds like a chair shift back and a a very strong voice coming coming and you hear uh roll perception this is going to be audio not uh visual 23 you think you hear the sounds of a uh, just a tapping just oh no he's lost a leg the door opens, and in front of you is your captain. He is missing both of his eyes. There, Well, you can't tell that, but he has a bandage tied around his head uh, at where his eyes should be. Much frailer than you remember. He's never one to be physically imposing. Terribly, terribly burned across the right side of his head. And he... Yes? Oh my goodness. He'll go to say something, and then almost choked up he'll <clears throat> uh, captain well it's wall as soon as he you didn't even get to it's wall you say captain and his head snaps to the side and his staff hits the floor in front of him and he puts a hand out perfectly placed on your chest where your hawk is which is now framed by your elemental friends and he lets out a sob and leans into you. I wish everyone was here for this emotional reunion. Absolutely. Oh. AD is just getting randomly super emotional <laughs> and has no idea why. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I want to pause there and I do want to flip over to AD. You are, uh, and, and Wall, what is she getting through your telepathic link? I mean, it's waves and they're, they're changing, always changing. It's excitement and disbelief at the the first hearing when they found the book impatience to get to where he's going he didn't even say goodbye to the dude just like fucking whatever man later and then see the captain it's it's just it's relief and horror and grief all rolled into one seeing him alive but seeing him in the condition that he's in and it's just basically just constantly tumbling between all of those so back and forth between Wall and the captain's just... Are we kicking his ass or not today? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're there. You're just randomly feeling all of this. Yeah, you're just getting the, these emotions just pour through the earring. Oh, in that case, I'm just wondering whose ass he may or may not be kicking randomly on the street and listening for any extremely loud bangs. <laughs> Okay, so she's. if that is her reaction, we'll cut back to uh, the bedroom. And you are now basically holding him up. He is just grief-stricken. And he is just 
has that hand pressed into your hawk on your chest. And he gets a hold of himself, takes a deep, shaking breath. Devlin said that everyone but me was dead. I saw him. saw him open the gates. I know. Damn my soul, but I knew it. Why? How? Come, 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 come. And he grabs you by the hand and pulls, just trying to pull you into the room. Oh, yeah, no, he let himself be pulled in. He pulls pulls you past. He closes the door. It sticks for a moment on his seeing eye cane. And he grabs it, closes the door, kind of directs you over. His room is uh, very nicely appointed. There's a, a large oversized bed back in the corner. Uh, it is warmer in here than out in the hallway. He's got some ways of keeping his room warm. There's a, a desk uh, that appears he was sitting at, a book that is filled with oddly neat handwriting for a man that you now know to be blind and a ruler uh, that you would guess with the nicks on it, that's how he keeps his writing so neat. And he directs you to that chair and he takes a uh, seat on a divan next to the desk. Uh, there's a small plate of bread and cheese and pickles uh, on a table there next to the divan. And he sits down and he, not really eating, just kind of breaking the bread apart putting it to his lips, not like I said, not really eating it, touching his lips and setting it down. He's just fidgeting. Does the chair look like it'll hold me? Yeah, it is a very sturdy looking chair. <laughs> you are rather confident it will hold. <laughs> then yes, Wall will take a seat. You do so and he he hears you kind of get settled and, and situate the chair how you'd like to and he, I apologize that uh, I'm not the man that I once was. And he gestures to his face. That doesn't matter. You'll always be captain. I do help teach the tactics of the war college here. If there's one thing I have, it's that. There's no one better. Come, come, my boy. I was there the day you were first awoken. We have much to discuss. If ever I had a son, it was you and and Shrike. Did he? Did he make it as well? Oh, man. Damn. Wall will reach into... Oh, no. Yeah, the bag that he carries with him. And he'll pull out the shattered head of Shrike and put it on the table. And he'll take Captain Volton's hand and he'll Mm -hmm. put it on top of the the head and say he did not. He lets out a, a... And he feels kind of back over to where he feel, thinks you are, and he puts a hand on your knee. And one son back from the dead is miracle enough. We have much to discuss, you and I. Yes, I saw him. Then it sounds like we must have a fine killing. <laughs> the finest. And we can cut away from that while you guys get caught up. What are you guys doing at dinner? Are we still sitting in the spotlight seats? Uh, No, you guys have been pulled out of the guest of honor seats. Not that you're kind of thrown to the wolves, but that was kind of a one night thing. So you're able to kind of procure your own table at the cafeteria, basically. 
Okay, Roma looks significantly more comfortable this time around. <laughs> I think she's just gonna then probably order the same thing and maybe take out the paper and kind of start scratching off some of the ones that are she knows aren't the right age. Go ahead and give me a history check with advantage, and we'll see how much you can narrow this down. Please give me something good. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right. You're able to take from like 140 names to like 100. You could take nine names off the list. <laughs> <laughs> so you still have kind of a sizable thing. I mean, you've got more time to work on it. That's just kind of at dinner. You're distracted. There's still lots of sights and sounds going on. There are occasional spells crackling overhead. So it's, it's not like it's the most calm place to try to focus in on things. And trying not to spill food on it and also trying not to think about like how exactly do I explain when I do find what I'm looking for I think after all she just feels really self-conscious and just tucks it away and tries to pretend like nothing happened anybody else do anything other than Etten? Mm, nope alright well dinner passes without any issues Vikros give me a D100 roll. No way. No fucking <laughs> I way. I can't believe <laughs> no. that. 69. Is that when Trisha walks in and says, you know what? I thought it over. <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> so as you get done with dinner, you head back to your room, Vikros. There is a missive laid on your bed, and it is signed Trixie on the outside. Oh. She even gave her pet oh. name. <laughs> As you open it up, the inside of it, it reads, The name's still Patricia, you ass. Trixie was just to get your attention. You're not quite as miserable as I was afraid you are. If you stop being such a prick about it, maybe you have a chance. I'll take that to heart. Translation. More chill, more subtle. What Roma was telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Wall, while this is going on, you're, uh, I, I would guess you're catching him up. He seems pretty mum about what he he's done he's more what have you done what have you gone and experienced you know it's been years and years and years like he's constantly apologizing for not being there for you ah, bless it, the survivor's guilt it's him too you know he'd be standing there he's like yeah, I I stood in the gates as long as I could but there are too many and but I made something of it and he'll go on to tell him all about it. And, you know, he'll have him run his fingers across all the, the, the inlay of the story. I dropkicked the <laughs> devil. <laughs> so we'll say it takes you a solid, like, hour and a half of talking. Just to kind of, like, high point it for him. And he, well, uh, do you think I could meet these companions of yours? Absolutely. Well, and he stands up and he grabs his... Kane, his, his staff, and lead the way, my son. Off we go. So but by that time, I would guess you guys are done with dinner. You're kind of milling about. What do you guys do after dinner? I said, we can wrap there and pick back up. It, I, did, I just realized it's after midnight. I have a break for The only thing I can think of is like go back and just kind of sit and talk about what all's going on if we want to. Guys, I'm getting some really weird vibes lately. <laughs> it's just been weird, man. This whole meal. Just want somebody else to know. 
feel like we've all just been watching AD's face react to all these feelings. Like, what? You all right there? How we can call it is about the time they're done talking, it's time you guys are finishing up dinner. So you guys kind of all warp right in in front of your doors, getting ready to go in. And all of a sudden at the end of the hallway, Wall appears with this old frail blind man just kind of holding on to the inside of his arm. And then they're immediately, without pause, into Icky's room, and the door closes. Icky. Oh. oh. Who's this? Someone survived. This is this is Captain Vulton. I recognize it. Wait, hold on. And he pulls out his notebook, he starts rifling through the pages like super fast. <laughs> he hears this, and the captain leans in and he goes, Is he as odd as he sounds? Oh. He's my brother. I understand, but you and Shrike had some weird things that you did together. I mean, really, who thinks it's funny to throw someone off a third story? Well, I mean, me and Shrike, for one. I guess two. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. I do remember you you telling me about this. This captain and your crew. But you were dead. I was dead. He was dead. Someone survived. Well, this is wonderful news. Oh, just come to unbridled joy now. God damn it, all these emotions. <laughs> <laughs> is he fucking pregnant? <laughs> Not sign up for this. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned next week to find out what happens on Disciples of the Eight. If you don't want to wait, you can get early access to our episodes over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. If you like our show, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app so people can know where to find us. We couldn't do this without your help. Disciples of the Age is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is deemed by the amazing Bob Tedwell and produced by me, Brianna Toybert, with music by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. We have Brock as Icky... Ryan as Wall, Matt as Vicros, Spencer as Artemis, Cash as Magdar, Kara as the Anonymous Druid, and myself as Arome. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. Hello, I'm Diana. I'm Mike. I'm Amanda. And I'm Adam. Together, we are Multiclass Theater, a brand new actual play podcast. We tell collaborative stories in an original setting with colorful characters using Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Don't forget about our strange voices. Oh, well said, Gruber. Ugh, Rotan, don't encourage him. I think you're all nuts. Multiclass Theater is available wherever you download your podcasts. I think that went pretty well. Yeah, we're done here. Let's go. So do we get paid now? You are all amazing. Now get out of my office.